Exodus chapter 30, please. I want to preach lesson number four on the power of the Spirit-filled life. Hallelujah. You're in good ground today. You're in a holy place. One of the components of the power of a Spirit-filled life is known as the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Chapter 30, verse number 22. If you're there, say amen. Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Also take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon, which would be 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil. And you shall make from these a holy anointing oil and anointment compounded according to the art of the perfumers. It shall be a holy anointing oil. Please observe as I go, twice already the word holy was mentioned. Let's see if there's more. Verse 26. The word says to us, with it you shall anoint the tabernacle of meeting and the ark of the testimony. The table and all its utensils, the lampstand and its utensils, and the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the laver and its base. You shall consecrate them that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them must be holy. And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me as priests. And he shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations. It shall not be poured on man's flesh, nor shall you make any other like it according to its composition. It is what? It is holy and shall be what? Holy to you. Whoever compounds any like it, or whoever puts any of it on an outsider... I'll be cut off from his people. I want to talk a little bit here about the importance of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? There's never been a prayer I've prayed more than the one I'm fixing to pray right now. As a minister and pastor, I've prayed for a lot of things and I've prayed for a lot of them repeatedly. But there's never a prayer I've prayed more than this prayer. Lord, anoint me. Because... Without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I am as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Without the anointing of the Holy... See, he or she who handles holy things must be holy. I, I tell you the power of the Lord was in the first service, but that's done, over, gone. They are, being, they are going their way rejoicing. This is another service, but he's the same God. And if he had leftover anointing, it'd still be enough. But he doesn't have leftover anointing. He has fresh anointing. So I don't want to be just the only one here getting the anointing. I want everybody. Stretch your hands in my direction. Pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. That Pray for anointing on all of us. Come on. Father, in the lovely name of Jesus, he is able, he is able, he is able. Jesus is able, 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 able. Oh God, I thank you for the fire, the Holy Ghost. I pray, oh God, that I would not be seen as an entertainer or a performer. But, oh God, I would be an oracle and a voice of God. God, deliver me from my own flesh. Deliver me from exploiting this pulpit. I pray that fire of the Holy Spirit would burn in my heart. And the oil of the Holy Spirit would anoint me and anoint everybody here. Oh, Heavenly Father, I, I just thank you, Lord. 
I thank you, Lord, that we are vessels of God. And you yearn to fill us up with your anointing. May the word come alive. May the word be powerful. It is. May the word bear fruit. Oh God, I pray that we cast aside any and everything that would take away from the freedom of the flow of the anointing. Because it makes the difference. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And you say amen. And amen it is. Thank you for being seated. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we talk about the anointing. Churches talk about the anointing. We pray for the anointing of God in our lives, our ministries, and our activities, everything. We recognize that we need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in all that we do. Our own strength can even sometimes be our weaknesses because sometimes our own strength will make us think that we are some hot stuff and we are really going to be able to do it on our own. But we are nothing without God. Did you hear me? I don't just mean we pastors and we clergy people and we who bring the word to you. I mean any of us, saved or unsaved, are nothing without God. Zechariah says in his writings, chapter 4, verse 6, he said, It is not by might, meaning the might of man or woman, of human might. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, meaning the spirit of God, says the Lord of hosts. And therefore, we must minister in the power of God that is known as the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In order for me to teach you this morning on the importance of the Holy Spirit, I need to ask and answer the question, what is the anointing? I think the simplest definition that I can give you for the anointing, among other definitions, is this thought, to be set apart. Can somebody say amen by faith? When God anoints someone or something, it is set apart by God for a particular purpose or meaning. Here's some other thoughts on the anointing. To be anointed means to authorize, or to anoint means to set apart a person for a particular work or service. You remember when Jesus stood up on the day that he was in the temple and announcing his ministry. He repeated the words of Isaiah the prophet, chapter 61. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Can I get an amen? And therefore you find that that God separated Jesus, who was God in the flesh, for a particular assignment and gave him the anointing to fulfill the assignment. Jesus is known as the anointed one. Say amen. And there are some other thoughts here that you, you and I need to be informed about when we talk about anointing. To anoint means to rub with oil, to consecrate. Further, anoint means a special endowment of the Holy Spirit. There is a special release of God's power on an individual, a church, or a ministry that is called the anointing. And I've been teaching you this about four weeks, and I told you when you get saved, you have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. But I also told you that Jesus taught and instructed His disciples that there's an experience beyond the indwelling of the Holy Ghost of salvation, known as the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Because John said of Jesus... John said of himself first, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. In Matthew's gospel, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but there's coming one after me, meaning Jesus, whose sandals I'm unworthy to lace up. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And with that baptism comes a special endowment of the Holy Ghost known as the anointing. 
Somebody say amen. amen. You see, what I have you to understand is when you come to a service like you are this morning and you heard the choir sing, if you've been around this a while, somebody's going to say, boy, that choir was anointed. And then you heard Michael singing and he sang under the power of the Holy Spirit. And you're saying, and I said it, Michael was anointed to sing this morning. And I hope that after I preach, because God elects to anoint me and because I've asked him, I hope that when it's over, that it could be said of what I did today, that the pastor was anointed today. You know what that means? God gave Michael, God gave the pastor, God gave the choir, God gave us a special endowment of the Holy Spirit of God and set us aside to give us a relationship with Him full of the Holy Spirit, the anointing. Can I get an amen here? Here's what I've come to understand. It is the presence of God in favor. How many know sometimes when God shows up, He doesn't always show up in favor? If we ain't living right and doing right and need a rebuke, how many of those he shows up sometimes like that? Okay? But there are times, and that's the time we always want him. Oh, help me, Jesus. There are times, oh Lord, that we just need to know your stamp of approval is on our life. Can I get an amen? There are times, oh God, when mother and father might forsake me, give me your favor. Somebody say amen. There are times when the banker won't call back and when the credit card company won't call back and everybody's getting a pink slip or getting laid off their job and what I need is the presence of God's favor. Can I get an amen? I want to tell you, the anointing means that God has favored you so you could sing better, you could preach better, you could pray better, you could be a better mother, a better father, a better husband, a better wife, a better boss, a better employee. And whatever God calls you to do, if you got the anointing, it means you got the favor of God. Give the Lord a hand clap, somebody. Something else you need to know about the anointing, it is the power of God. If you're a plumber and you're anointed, you're going to be a better plumber. Help me out, somebody. If you're an electrician and you're anointed, my God, you're going to get those wires right and everything going to light up. And that doesn't mean you light up because you got the anointing. Can I get an amen? I know some of you ladies are anointed to cook banana pudding because I've had some of yours. Can I get an amen here? I'm trying to get your flesh ready for the spirit. Can I get an amen? Oh, I want to tell you something. You don't have to be a clergyman to be anointed. Bless God, if you've got the gift of kindness and you're anointed, you can be kind to those who are not kind to you. Somebody say, Amen. If you've got the gift of hospitality, God can anoint you to be hospitable. If you've got the gifts of prophecy, God will anoint you to prophesy. If you've got the gift of writing, God will give you the anointing to write. If you've got the gift of exhortation, God will give you boldness to exhort. Can I get an Amen? When the anointing comes on you, you are better able to perform, to carry out, to minister than you were if you were relying upon your own flesh. And so I say that to you because I tell you that the anointing is really the presence and favor of God. You know, one can be anointed to an office, to an office in the church, an elder, a deacon. Can I get an amen? A prophet. You can be anointed to a spiritual office. You can also be anointed, brothers and sisters, if you take notes, for service. How many know God saved all of us, not for us to dry up on a pew, but to be an evangelist and share our faith? Can I get an amen? God, uh, God wants to anoint all of us to serve needs within the body of Christ and our community. Say amen. And, and so when I say anointed for service, I mean that we are all supposed to give out of what we have been given by God. And God gives us that capacity. You can also be anointed for battle. Yeah. I know in the Old Testament, before the troops went out, on many occasions you read that God's prophet would pray over the king and over the people. 
And the anointing would come upon them. How many know that David couldn't slay Goliath nine feet tall, a teenager as he was, without the anointing? Can I get an amen here? How many know Samson couldn't kill Philistines a thousand with the jawbone of a donkey if it wasn't that God anointed him? Can I get another amen here? Oh, somebody, you can be anointed for battle. And I'm talking to people here this morning who may not have to pick up a sword or a shield for battle, but you're in a battle. You're in a battle against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Your real enemy is not your spouse, although he or she acts like it. Your real enemy is not your children, although the more you pray for them, the more horns grow out of their head. That's really not your enemy. Your real enemy is not your pastor. Your and my enemy is the devil and the hounds of hell and demons of darkness. No wonder the Bible says, therefore in Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil days and having done all to stand, stand. Because the Lord will anoint you for battles beyond your capacity. You can be anointed for worship. Give me an amen, church. When you come in here and you're running on dry and the river of God's anointing is flowing, God can take your thirsty soul and put you down in that river. Say amen. You know, if you just raise your hand because somebody say it, just say praise the Lord because somebody say it, just stand up because somebody say it, that's mechanical. That's old and it'll bore you to death. If you're just mechanically worshiping and somebody say clap your hand, you're thinking, oh God, when's dinner time and when is he going to shut up? And that ain't anointed, okay? Now, I know we can make you miserable. You know, I, I don't want to make you miserable. I want to be anointed. But my, my job is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Say amen, Pastor JC, because you look like both right now. And my business here this morning is not the program. Raise this, raise that, hallelujah, this, that, sit, stand up, shut up. That ain't God's anointing. You don't have to have a cheerleader, a pep squad, or somebody before you every Sunday kind of revving you up. If you prayed up and read up and loved God and you're hungry, you don't have to have a cheerleader. You let the anointing cause you to praise God. Now go ahead and praise Him because it's right. Now, Pastor, why is the anointing so important? What does it do? Number one, it makes you holy. Everybody say holy. holy. Look at what the Bible says in Exodus 30, verse 32. This is part of our text. The Lord instructing Moses about preparing the anointing oil. And who should use it. What it should be applied to. It said, it shall not be poured on man's flesh. Nor shall you make any other like it. According to its composition. It is holy. And it shall be holy unto you. Back then. They had all kinds of oils and balms and home remedies like they do today. The people could even make it home in a sort of a pasty ointment and put it over rashes and allergies. And they didn't have the kind of advanced medical things that we have today for sicknesses. So they did home remedies and much of it were ointments. God said, listen, this is a different ointment. This is a different oil. You don't just pour it on man's flesh like you're using a salve or an ointment. Nor shall you make any like it so you could sell and make a profit from it. Give me an amen here, somebody. According to its composition, nothing made like it again. It is holy and it shall be holy to you. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, 
But if there's anything I want in this 2009 secular, carnal, lust-filled, perverted world, is less of the world and more of God. Can I get an amen here? Oh, the Bible says, holiness becometh the Lord. The word of God says, be ye holy, for I am holy. How many know God, no more than you want to live in a trash can, does God want to live in a defiled temple? Can I give me an amen here, somebody? And we don't get our morality from Hollywood. We don't get our morality from entertainment tonight. I'm preaching now if I've ever preached. We don't get our morality from from high-paid sports personalities. We don't get our morality from Oprah or Dr. To feel, preach, pastor. We get our morality from the fear of God and the word of God. And we get holiness from the anointing of God in our lives. When this world is telling a man and a man it's okay for them to be married, God says no, that's not holy. When this world is telling a woman and a woman it's okay for them to be married, God says that's sin and an abomination. And he wants to forgive them and bring them in the kingdom. Somebody help me here. When some churches are saying it's alright for men and women to be ordained in the clergy and be a homosexual, God says it's sin. Be ye holy for I am holy. God's not even a million miles near some of these churches and pastors and ministries that have disobeyed the word of God. God will only dwell in a holy vessel. For he is a holy God. I want to tell you something. You can't make yourself holy. But if you'll get under the anointing of God, you'll read your Bible, pray, and ask God to clean up your life. God will give you the anointing. Pastor, I can't stop cussing. Get full of the Holy Ghost. He'll change your language and give you tongues. Preach, little man. Yeah, I'm preaching. And don't call me a little man. And I'm just kidding. What does the anointing do? Ready? It makes a covenant with you. Exodus chapter 40 verse 15. Look on the screen. God told Moses, you shall anoint them as you anointed their father. Meaning God told Moses, anoint the sons of Aaron as you anointed Aaron. That they may minister to me as priests. For their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout the generations. Can I get an amen? God, when he instituted the tabernacle, the place of worship... When he instituted the priests who would serve in the office of priests and serve in the tabernacles, he chose Aaron, which was Moses' brother, and Aaron's sons through the years. And God says, take this anointing oil, the recipe I'm giving you, and put it on Aaron, and put it on his sons. And as long as they want me and serve me and live by my word, I'm going to pass it on to Aaron's son and to his grandson and to his great-grandson and his great-great-grandson. I'm going to give generational anointings. I wish somebody would say amen. God says, I'm making a covenant with Aaron and his house. is going to be a house of priests. Can I get an amen? Now we are in the new covenant. And God says, all of us who are born again are kings and priests in the family of God. And God says, I want to anoint Pastor Jeff, but I want to anoint his wife Tracy. And I want to anoint his daughter Heather and his son Jesse. And then when God blesses, blesses their family with children as he is as mine, I want to anoint JC and Kimberly, but I want to anoint their son who is coming down. I'm telling you, you and I got to quit saying our family is cursed. The divorce curse has got to stop here because of the anointing. The alcohol curse has got to stop with your family because the anointing. The lust curse has got to stop because God wants to make a covenant anointing with you and with me. Somebody praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I want to tell you something. I don't mean to be ugly, 
But I, some people are still using lame excuses about their grandma and their grandpa and their great-grandma and grandpa and backsliding. And then there are some wives and some mother-in-laws and father-in-laws saying, well, you ought to go easy on them because they were rejected as a child. Look at me. All of us, somewhere along the way, have been hurt, wounded, and bruised. The anointing comes to help heal that. But it didn't come to help us have a crutch. I, I won't tell you, we got recovery house ministry. We got Joseph storehouse ministry. We got a men's ministry that pray on Monday nights. We got anointing the elders who pray for people. We want you to be free from the bondage of previous attacks, previous exploitation, previous assault. We are not saying that what you went through was imaginary or phony. But we are saying there is a deliverer whose name is Jesus. We are saying there's a Holy Ghost who sanctifies and heals. We are saying there's an oil of gladness for the garment of heaviness. There's a garment of praise for the garment of heaviness. You can change ashes for the oil of beauty. And there comes a time where you say, yesterday is gone. I can't go back. The day's ahead. I'm moving forward in the anointing of God's deliverance. Somebody praise the Lord. God wants to make a covenant with you. And He wants to anoint you. Number three. What does the anointing do? It releases to minister. Exodus 30, 30, part of our text. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them, that they may minister to me as priests. The hymn we used to sing goes like this. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by thy power of grace divine. Let my soul look up With a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. You know it, don't you? But we ain't going to sing it. Anyhow, it's drawing me nearer. Consecrate me. Now, you got to listen to this pastor, okay? Because I may only have one chance at you. You're already here now, and you can't leave. Everybody's going to see you. So you're going to suck it up and listen to it. Whether you like it or not, and I, I'm not saying I'm pouring that on you, but you may have the attitude, I've got, got to sit through this. So this may be the only chance I have. I'm not trying to make you mad. But I will say this. Not everybody who says they're a minister are anointed. Not everybody who wear the title have the anointing. We've got people in America of all colors, all nationalities, who are self-proclaimed prophets, bishops, Deacons, prophetess, and the anointing ain't within a hundred miles of them. How you know it, Pastor? Because they don't bear fruit during the weekdays and other times. They can't fix their own family. They can't fix their own addiction. They can't break their own habit. You understand what I'm saying to you? The anointing comes to release Ministry. And some Christians, and I don't, I'm not targeting you, but if it's you, then the Lord, let the Lord speak to you. Are chasing an emotion, a feeling, a tent, a prayer tower, a CD, a television program, a title. Chasing a jerk, a slain in the spirit, a run, and all those things might happen, but they are inconsequential to the 
real purpose of the anointing. That's just human. And in its right place, it's okay. Okay? But there, some people have chased after prophet this, and bishop this, and deacon that, and prophetess this. When those people laid hands on them, need hands laid on them themselves. Anybody hear me? Pastor, who died and left you in charge? Nobody. I'm just preaching the word, okay? I'm preaching out of 24 and a half years of experience in the same house, okay? I didn't blow up last week and come up here and expect you to acknowledge me. I've been here in the thick and the thin, and I'll be here in the thick and the thin. And if God will get me through another thick or thin, you can count on me. I'll do my best to please the Holy Ghost and bring the word. Somebody hearing me? Help me here now. This, this nonsense about folks anointing people and they suck cigarettes and drink alcohol, the anointing is holy. God will not honor that. God will not honor people who are committing fornication and adultery and think that God is okay with that. That is not God's anointing. That's operating in the anointing of Satan. He has a counterfeit anointing and that will be caught up with God's judgment. Anybody, listen to me. While I'm there, I, I might as well go ahead and say it. You know, while you're shucking the corn, you might as well get all the way down to the husk. One of the great problems we have seen in the church has been this idea that we can live any way we please and then have an opportunity to minister or witness and simply ask for the anointing of God and He'll help us for that moment and then we'll go back to being our normal unspiritual self. Know those who labor among you, says the Lord. Test the spirits and see if they are of God. You see, listen to this. You and I both seen God use people that we thought, you use him? You use her? If God uses a person who is cold-hearted toward him or living in sin... That is only because of His amazing grace and probably because of His love for those who are being ministered to at that time. Here's the word of warning. You and I should never presume upon the Holy Spirit. We should cherish the Holy Spirit. Guard the Holy Spirit. We should pursue the Holy Spirit. You can't go and drink like the devil and watch pornography on Saturday night and come on church Sunday morning and act like everything's all right every single week. You can't cuss at your wife and abuse your children or swear at your husband and threaten somebody's life and wave at people on the interstate who cut off in front of you with a finger and come over here and act like you are. I'm not saying you are. I'm just telling you that you can't minister in the house. That, what are you talking about, Pastor? You're making that up. I beg your pardon. Aaron had two sons whom God killed in the temple, brothers and sisters. They had been trained how to make the oil. They had been trained how to burn the fire. They had been trained how to offer the sacrifice. And they burned strange fire and God killed them. Nadab and Abihu. You all listening to me? You, 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 you remember Eli had two sons? Hophni and Phinehas? They were uh, Eli's family and his boys were... God made a covenant with them of anointing. But they committed fornication and adultery with women who came to the temple. And they ate the best meat and the fat that belonged to the sacrifice. God killed Eli and his sons in the same day. I'm not asking God to kill anybody. I'm just telling you how awesome the anointing is and you don't play with it. 
Anybody remember two people in the New Testament by the name of Ananias and Sapphira? Say amen. You remember Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts wanted notoriety and publicity and clout from the church? They saw another brother in the church who gave a gift anonymously and they got released that he gave the gift. And how all the church rejoiced? Barnabas by name. And they thought, we want some of that, we want some of that clout. We want some of that uh, hype. We want some of that appreciation, elation. So they went and sold some property they had. And they came to the apostle and said, this is all the money for the property we sold, every bit of it. And the man of God, Peter, said, why have you lied to the Holy Ghost? This is only a portion of the money. And you're trying to make it like it was all the money. You kept some for yourself. Now, you could have kept some for yourself and it wouldn't have hurt anything. And you could have come and said, this is a portion of the money we sold for the land. We want to give to the orphans and the widows and the church. But you come here making it look like you took all the money and gave it to God. And God killed them. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm not asking God to kill anybody because if he does, he might start with me. But what I'm saying to you is, be very careful about those ministries you sit under. Be very careful about those tapes and CDs you got to have from somebody else who hadn't paid the price. There's a price to be paid for the release of the anointing. I've got to hurry here. What else does the anointing do? It sanctifies. Leviticus 8 and 10. Leviticus 8 and 10. Also Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and consecrated them. I read to you in, in our text how all the, the vessels, the cups, the bowls, the uh, laver where the priest washed, uh, the candlesticks, the, all the stuff, the menorah, all the stuff, all the vessels of the tabernacle were anointed because they were separated for God's purpose. I want to tell you something. That's what God wants to do with you and I as a vessel. He wants to separate us from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So we can be used. Or He wants us to have house and car and clothes. He wants us to have things to live with. But He wants our affection to be on Him. Sanctify. Oh God, we pray God take me higher. Bless me more. Anoint me. There's a price to be paid for that level of the power of God. But it's worth the price every time. Sanctify me. Here's another teaching, and that is, along with this teaching, what does anointing do? It's not to be taken lightly. I just said that, but let me read the verse in Leviticus 10 and 7. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the words of Moses. Please hear me. The anointing was so sacred, so powerful, so precious. Until there were certain garments the priests had to, be, had to wear that were anointed. That they couldn't wear in the marketplace, the restaurants, or their homes. Can I get an amen here? And when they were under the cloud of God's anointing, they couldn't just go all over the place and mingle with anybody. Because it was the anointing. Not to be taken lightly. With haste, I give you number six. The Bible says the anointing breaks bondages and frees the sinners. Say amen. Isaiah 10, 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what the devil wants to do? Is yoke up with us unconsciously until he 
dominates us. The devil wants us to yoke up with the lust of the flesh. And put pornography and profanity in our lives. Help me preach here somebody. Listen to me what the devil wants to do. God has the right person for you single adults and you teenagers and you young adults and college students. And even older adults who are now single. God has the right person for you to yoke up with in marriage as you pray and serve God and live right. But what the devil wants you to think is that there are no more fish in the sea. Meaning other people out there. So you got to marry the first one that comes along. Oh, it's going to get quiet, but it's going to be anointed. You know? And, and what the devil wants is to yoke you up with somebody who their own mother couldn't get them to do right. And their grandmother. I'm preaching if I've ever preached. You know, some old somebody who's come along won't get a job. Is that that they can't get a job? They won't get a job. Mm, I told you to get quiet, but it's still anointed. <laughs> they're, they're up, the, the, the depth of their... Manual labor or work is finding the remote hidden between the couch pillars. The depth of their work that you're supposed to go marry is finding potato chips and cigarettes to suck on with a Coke or a beer. Yeah, I'm coming where you are. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. But some of you are yoked up. And now God needs to give you a miracle. And if you want him to, he will. Here's, here's the thing now. And we don't always mean to. But sometimes we get yoked up with financial bondage. Because we just didn't discipline ourselves in spending. But God, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, wants to give you a Dave Ramsey Holy Ghost plan. How to get out of that mess. Somebody ought to say amen. You know, some of us have yoked up with the wrong company, the wrong people, the wrong amount of money, the wrong situation. And we want God to do it right now, this moment. And God say, no, I got a lesson to teach you here. I want to lift your yoke, but I want, I want you to know you got a part in confessing and changing. Give me an amen, somebody. You got to have a part in saying, God, I repent. I made the wrong decisions. I did the wrong thing. And I don't want to keep doing the wrong thing by hastening my response. Anoint me to wait on God. Because he will break the bondage. God wants to break some bondage of drugs, alcohol, painkillers, people who are addicted. Somebody say amen. God wants to break the bondage of some people who are addicted to the occult and to darkness. God wants to break the bondage of some people who are addicted to all kinds of substance and addicted to, to all kinds of other things that they have welcomed in their life in innocence. But now it has a domination. If we will humble ourselves before God and spill out of us and pour ourselves on His confession, God will fill us with the anointing of deliverance. Give a Lord a hand clap. The anointing heals the sick. Precious Jesus. I said the anointing heals the sick. James 5, oh, 14. Everybody still with me here? Everybody lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for the anointing. Hold it up a little more and say, I want the anointing, Lord. Say, Lord, give me your anointing. Oh, precious Lord. Put him down for just a moment. You're going to get it. Uh, do you want it? Yes. I said, do you want it? Yes. Okay, look out. Get, get the musician up here, if you will, Brian. I, got, I haven't even preached. This is just the introduction. Remember I read to you about the cassia and the cinnamon and the, I was going to preach about that recipe, but I ain't even going there. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. But I got to get you ready, okay? 
The other day, Pastor Jeff, myself, and Pastor Darrell went over to one of the elders of, of our church's home. That would be Brother Austin Hammond. And Brother Austin has been diagnosed with stomach cancer. He's a man of God, full of the Holy Spirit of God, has prayed for people, has traveled to the continent of Africa, to Africa twice, and done missions work. And Brother Austin Hammond is, a, is a, like many of you, a believer and love God. And he can't always get to church like he wants. So he read this verse. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the other verse says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. Can I get an amen here? You know, I don't know if you've been around this kind of church much. And I don't know if you want to be later, but if you don't, that's your loss. But here's the power. The, 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 the anointing is a gift from God for use in the church. And the anointing oil, you see oil. We got oil in this pulpit. We got oil in my office. We got oil in, in, in all kinds of places. We got some of you carrying around your own oil. Because we want to obey the scripture. I don't mean that we abuse it. We don't have to put a gallon on you. But some of you, we need to put some on because... We need to slick you up to get you through some tight places. Last, last Monday night in our men's prayer meeting. By the way, we meet tomorrow night, men, at 7 o'clock to pray. Last Monday night in our prayer meeting, men's prayer meeting, Joe, who usually brings a, a, a oil about a little bit smaller than this vial, Joe wasn't there and nobody had any oil in their pocket. I told somebody, go out to the parking lot, lift up the hood, get the dipstick out of the engine, bring some oil here. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to be facetious. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to use oil, okay? You might have to do like me sometime. Get you a chapstick. It's got oil in it. Go over somebody here. Let me show you what I mean right now. Go over somebody. <laughs> There's a reason why we have oil. Oil represents the Holy Spirit. Oil represents... Throughout the Bible, when you hear about oil and anointing, it represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We're not just trying to do something sweet and cute. We're not going to bathe you with oil. Although some of us this morning ought to be so hungry for God. Doesn't matter how much ounces of oil. If just a drop or an ounce. If that's the way God will bring my healing for my marriage, anoint me. If that's the way God will give me peace of mind, anoint me. If that's the way God will deliver me from panic attacks, anoint me, pastor. Somebody say amen. If that's the way God will... Somebody told me at the end of the second service... Pastor, there was a stranger in my yard this week, and this stranger, it was very awkward, very odd time, and this stranger was in my yard, said he was running from somebody else, somebody was trying to kill him, and, and this person speaking to me said, uh, around this stranger, this person implied there was darkness, that she felt lingered in her yard and might be even in her house. You know what I told her? I told her the Word of God. I said, I want you to go to your house today in broad daylight, take some oil. Anoint your house, walk around your house and walk in your yard and bind and cast out every evil spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. No, it's not foolishness. You got some rebellious teen who won't do right and live right. They won't let you anoint them. That's okay. You don't have to because you don't want to cast your pearls in the wrong direction to be abused. But when they leave the house, it's still your house. Unless they started paying rent for that room and utilities and insurance and groceries, it's your house. I, <laughs> take you some anointing oil and anoint the place. 
I'm not trying to be sacrilegious or empower people who ain't got no power. If you ain't got no power, you don't need to be anointed nothing but you. First come down to the altar. Get it right. Put the last slide. Because the anointing breaks the curse. Now, there are five ingredients. Every one of them has a purpose. I may preach it next week, and I may not. One of the ingredients, however, is myrrh. Didn't the Lord tell Moses, take myrrh? Myrrh was used in Bible days for death and burial. It was bitter to the taste, but sweet to the smell. Myrrh. You know what I found out about the anointing of God? There cannot be an anointing from God without death. If you and I are going to have the power of God in our marriage, in our bodies, in our family, in our life, we've got to die to self-ambitions. We've got to die to voices that are not of God. Help me preach. We've got to die to the lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, and the pride of life. We've got to die to to other people who are dragging us the wrong way and we know it and we got to say God I die to myself crucify my flesh and I ask you to fill me with the anointing of the Holy Ghost because when you die to that there will be a new resurrection the resurrection will be the fruits of the spirit You'll die to the flesh, but arise to Galatians 5.22. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Somebody say, Pastor, I want to be alive in the Spirit. Let me show you something quickly. I said I wasn't going to preach it, but this, this that I hold in my hand is what might have been called in Bible days, Matthew 26, an alabaster box. Remember reading in scripture about the woman who came to the alabaster box in the presence of Jesus? And the Bible says this, this perfume contained in the alabaster box was pricely, expensive. And all of us know, especially on Valentine's Day, we men should know that perfume ain't cheap. Expensive. Was now, was then, is now. And this woman comes to Jesus where there's a gathering at Simon the leper's house. It was a gathering only for men. She wasn't invited. She comes in and breaks social norms and social rules, being female and they being male. Breaks the box, and in this case, I open it up over the head of Jesus, the container, maybe a pottery or marble kind of container. And this, this may seem like that. And, and what is inside of it is fragrance that was broken. And this I have here is like a perfume bottle in here. Someone had given me this some years ago, and it's been in my office, and I like it, and it reminds me of that story. So, in order to get to this. There had to be the breaking of this. Can I get a witness? In order for this to be poured out and the smell to fill the room and the anointing and the oil and the fragrance to be poured on Jesus' head, running down his beard, running on his clothes and throughout his body, in order for that to happen, 
there had to be the breaking of this. While there are other lessons in that, I'm saying to you, in order for us to be anointed, we've got to be willing to be broken and spilled out of everything that hinders the anointing. Here's how you get the anointing. I, this is what I'm going to do. I hadn't done this in a while, but here you go. I want everybody, every person here who is a credentialed minister. That means you have license for ministry. Everybody here is a credentialed minister. Please stand. You're a credentialed minister. You have license for ministry. Please stand and remain standing. Remain standing. You have credentials and you're licensed. I also want everybody here who is an elder in this church presently or you have been an elder in this church. Your tenure has expired, but you have served or you are serving now a church elder. Please stand. Also, remain standing those who are standing now. Please stand. I want you people, you ladies and gentlemen, to come and stand at the front of this church even now and face the congregation. Come at the altar and face the congregation. Jesus name somebody say in Jesus name in Jesus name praise God alright this is your moment I'm not hyping nothing up I'm not stirring anything out of emotions this is your moment for anointing here's how you get it though you first before you come up here to be anointed you gotta pray in the pew or the aisle like I need to pray forgive me of any sins can I get a witness here before you even come for anointing there's got to be the invitation on your part to God God will never anoint anybody who don't want it God won't save anybody who don't want to be saved you got to invite him in can I get an amen you got to pray you got to pray and when God knocks on the door you got to take the handle and open the door and say come on in Holy Ghost but you, when you pray, you got to purify. Can I get another amen? Before you come up in the pew and in the aisle, you got to purify. Just like these people purify themselves. I purify myself. It's got to be a daily thing. Because God won't live in no sin. I know that sounds like poor grammar, but you know where I'm going. Huh? God will not move into a temple where the devil still is welcome. i got to say, God... Before I get anointed, i got to empty myself of profanity, of lust, of anger, of unforgiveness. Can I get an amen? Before I get anointed, God, I know you can't use me unless I'm willing to put everything on the altar. Purify me of a bad attitude, of a criticizing spirit. Purify me, God, of a judgmental spirit. Purify me, oh God, of perfection and trying to make everybody perfect. Cleanse me. you got to pray and you got to purify. How many know God can purify in a matter of moments? Say praise the Lord. Yeah. And then, here's what you got to do. I want to invite you, when you come forward to be anointed, to receive your anointment, then you got to raise your hands and praise God.